This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This is Conspiranormal. Okay, everybody. Welcome to the Conspiranormal slash UniWatch Campfire. This should be an interesting show. We've got a whole uh, cavalcade of people here. Okay, Which, if you can't yeah. hear me, I was Bigfoot. Serfiel was over there as the uh, as the alien. <laughs> Uh, we want to welcome everybody here. Uh, we've got one of our favorite uh, longtime guests, Steve Stockton, with us. Steve, say, say hello. Hey, everybody. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you back, Steve. And we're going to have to get you back here pretty soon for uh, that new National Parks book that might be coming out soon. Yeah, it's supposed so. to be out uh, near the end of May, I think. Has yeah, anybody so. ever uh, called you Stone Cold Steve Stockton? <laughs> no, but that's a thought. I think that needs to happen. That's a, yeah, that's a definite. <laughs> All right. So we got a whole crew of people here and Steve is going to help out with like paranormal, his only you know, like a paranormal thoughts and all that. But uh, I've got my cousin, Jason Von Stein and, him and I have collaborated on a lot of things in the past. He's helped us out with the Strange Realities Conference, which you will be helping us out with here in October um, in Nashville. But uh, Jason, man, uh, let's talk about what you do and why we're here tonight and what we're what this is all about. Well, we're here tonight because I got a lot of great friends that have come together to do something pretty cool. Uh, there's a the website called uniwatch.com. And it's all about sports uniforms. The, the creator of the Paul Lucas, he writes for ESPN and Sports Illustrated. And he's kind of the guru when it comes to sports information. He's actually got his own podcast where he talks about uh, new sports uniforms. And the website, every day they update people with new uniforms. Even today they were talking about the Cincinnati Bengals. They have new uniforms that are upcoming this season. And they did a, a full review of that. So they talk about all the uniforms and sports. Um, I was lucky enough a couple years ago. Uh, this is the 22nd anniversary, so a couple years ago to celebrate the 20th, they had a worldwide party, uh, and parties were happening all over the place. And I was the lucky guy that uh, hosted the Atlanta chapter. You were a part of it. Uh, Sean Allen, another one of our performers, helped out a lot with that. Uh, Joseph Pipers. Some of the people that are performing at this show have continued to move on to the other shows. We've done this every year. Uh, last year, we did UniWatch 21. And uh, we did that online because of COVID. So everybody performed from home and all the proceeds went to uh, UniWatch that year. And this year we're, we're changing up a little bit. Uh, all the proceeds are going to go to uh, different charities that all of the performers have picked. Uh, everybody's picked a charity that they want donations to go to. So the way it works is we've got a plethora of performers this year, every half an hour from uh, noon on Wednesday, May 26th until midnight. 
uh, a new performer will be live streaming from uh, their home and performing uh, a lot of music, stand-up comedy, uh, podcasts, gamers. We've got uh, basically every form of entertainment you can think of uh, part of this project altogether. And everybody selected uh, charities they believe in, you know, St. Jude, COPD Foundation, Black Lives Matter, uh, Southern Poverty Law. Uh, there's a lot of plethora of wonderful charities that people can donate to. So the way it'll work is on Wednesday, May 26th, uh, every performer will perform and we will tag a charity uh, as they're performing and people can donate to those charities if they would like to. Uh, it's a free event. It's going to be free for everybody. Uh, my overall goal was this is uh, I was thinking, you know, I, I, I grew up in Virginia and Virginia was not known much for like college sports when I grew up. Uh, so it wasn't that big of a deal. When I moved to Tennessee and North Carolina and Georgia, I realized how big uh, college sports are and how much it uh, can bring people together but how much it also can divide people because at the end of the year, there's only one winner. Uh, so there's more dissatisfied people than not you know, satisfied people. As a Bengals fan, we, we never win Super Bowls. We never do really get to the playoffs much. So uh, it stinks when you, when, when you lose, but it stinks more that there's so much division between people. Uh, there's all these sports and there's all these rivalries and whatnot. And I feel like there should be one day where everybody can just like put all of that aside and just appreciate the uniforms and the sports of it and appreciate the teams that you wouldn't typically care about. But, you know, I'm not a Steelers fan, but they have wonderful uniforms, you know, and I can appreciate that. So I think people need to uh, come together uh, through sports. Uh, and I think music and comedy and uh, gaming and all these forms of entertainment that we have uh, donating their time to this event are a great, great way for people to start. So all the people that we have here with us, they're they're going to be involved as are ourselves. And tell everybody when this is going to be. Uh, yeah, it's Wednesday, May 26th. The reason why it's Wednesday, May 26th is that's the actual anniversary of UniWatch. So uh, that's why it's kind of an unusual day in the middle of the week. Uh, okay. But it also doesn't compete with Memorial yeah. Day. So. Right. Uh, what we're going to do is it's going to start at noon. Uh, I'll be playing my father's music. His name's Jim Von Stein, and he has COPD and emphysema. And actually, that's kind of the reason why I know all these wonderful people. I started playing his music out. Uh, I live stream, and he can watch from home. He can't leave the house anymore uh, due to the illness. And he can't really play music anymore, and he's struggling a lot. Uh, but playing his music out has extended his life, I believe, and it's given him an opportunity to see uh, how much of a songwriter and wonderful person he is uh, through the eyes of others. And if it wasn't for my father and him writing all the songs, I would have never gone out to have the courage to play his music, and I wouldn't know all these wonderful people that are, uh, that are joining our show. It's pretty cool. I've, I've met all these people along the way. It's been an amazing musical journey. Uh, it's been an amazing musical journey in general, and... I'm really lucky to know so many wonderful people. These people have amazing talents, each of them, and uh, each of them should be recognized. And I, I hope that we can help recognize them and build their audiences as well, because they're people that you know, people should know about these people. They're wonderful entertainers. Okay. Very, very good little uh, summation of that, Jason. And let's, uh, let's get started. Let's kind of just introduce everybody. Um, I'm looking at uh, the squares. It may be different on your end, but uh, I see the Mark Schroeder there. Introduce yourself. Got to take it off mute. Okay, we'll move on to the next one. Patrick Benson, introduce yourself. Hey, guys. I'm Patrick Benson. 
work at Supreme Restaurant Equipment in New Orleans. Uh, uh, nice. Okay, yeah. that's where that's where I'm from as well. Yeah. Are you from New Orleans? Uh, yeah, that's where okay. yeah, my parents live out there. Yeah. Okay. Great. Great. Yes, sir. Yeah, me and Patrick, we go way back. I, I, we knew each other in middle school. We were the time yeah. together. So we're like sixth, really, sixth yeah. grade, Jason. Sixth grade. Uh, I want to say sixth grade. Yeah. So sixth, and now seventh, Patrick, seventh for sure. Yeah, and now you're doing gaming. Uh, what's yep. your gaming handle? ZTV. Is that right? Yep, ZTV. It's on. Uh, it's on Twitch. Okay, it's so Patrick. Yeah. Oh, continue. No, I was just gonna say it stands for Zeltroidvania. So that's like Zelda, Metroid, and Castlevania. So uh, favorite games. Which is yeah, Ooh. good reason. Zelda and Castlevania is all good stuff. Patrick's yeah. gonna be performing at 9 p.m. Uh, he's gonna be our video gamer uh, for the uh, show. Uh, he's representing the Tennessee Titans, and he's going to be performing for the SPCA. So anybody that uh, wants to donate, we'll have links uh, in his performance. And, uh, yeah, where can people find you on Instagram and all that jazz? Uh, my Instagram is pbenson1, and I don't use it as much. I just I, I hardly ever use it. Uh, I guess I should ask you about Twitch. Yeah, what's the Twitch? Yeah, the Twitch is is yeah. uh, Zeltroidvania, so it's like okay. Z E L T R O I D V A N I A. Yep. Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah Patrick does a lot of great stuff on there. Uh, you guys should check him out. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah nice, to meet you. nice to meet you. Yeah, Patrick. you guys too. Uh, Mark Mark Schroeder, uh, we got you off mute. Yes, I'm uh, Mark Schroeder. I'm going to be playing music. Uh, I'm not sure what time. I think Jason can tell you what time. Yeah, uh, uh, Mark will be at 7. Uh, he's uh, representing Five Star NPNTP. Yeah, I have uh, five albums out of original music. They are called Volume 1, Volume 2, Volume 3, Volume 4, and White River. I broke out of the uh, volume with this most recent fifth album i have 69 original songs uh played um i'm died on april 20th in georgia wearing a sweatshirt and a jacket because i am a big wimp but uh for having me i'm excited to, to all right yeah thanks yeah thanks for, for hanging out with us um uh, I see someone named E.T., which is very appropriate for this show, although there's an actual E.T. in the screen. You guys, you guys can see that. Yeah, it's just me. Just me. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm E.T. I'm from uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Represent. Uh, All right. Yeah, E.T.'s going to be playing at 6 p.m., uh, representing the Georgia Bulldogs, playing for the Chattanooga Food Bank. You can check him out on Acoustic E.T. on Facebook and uh He's a great songwriter. He didn't win the last songwriter contest, but you won the songwriter contest in my heart, my friend. So, you know, oh, man. Thank we'll you. get you there. So E.T.'s uh, from Chattanooga. We, uh, you know, I grew up in Chattanooga, so I know a lot of great uh, musicians in Chattanooga and Atlanta. And, uh, yeah, we met along the way. I don't even remember. It's, yeah, it's a great day not to remember, right? Yeah, Cartersville, we did that riders round. Uh, That's what it was. Yeah. Driven. Rhythm and rhythms in the round or whatever. Yeah, that's a pretty cool event that they have uh, where they have like two musicians. I guess it's like Nashville style. And I have like, like E.T. played a song and then I would play one of Dad's songs and then E.T. would play and then it kind of goes back and forth. They do it weekly there. It's a pretty cool place. 
Okay, and then uh, Jordan Walters with a really cool background, the cart, the uh, Superman cartoon in the back. Hey, what? Yeah, I, I was trying to, I was trying to find something that was, you know, maybe a little bit more paranormal, but I thought Superman, you know, would kind of do in a pinch. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So, um, I think there's like some kind of ice monster in this one, so you know, it's kind of, you know, that's kind of paranormal, I guess. <laughs> is that like the full? Is that like the full cartoon? Let's play. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, nice. And I, I, I can use uh, use uh, M- MP4 files on my virtual background. So I just thought, you know, for a paranormal podcast, I, I ought to come up with something. So if you guys get bored, you could just watch his background. Yeah. 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 Right? yeah. yeah so you know, if, if the pace is a little slow, you know, I'm, I'm trying to offer a, a friendly service here for everyone. But uh, yeah, I'm. I'm uh, Jordan, I'm kind of new to Atlanta, kind of new get, as far as getting back into music. Uh, I, I started uh, back into music in 2020. Um, name of the band is Personal Galaxy. Got a, an out about an album and a half worth of songs out there on the streaming services and everything. You can look us up on personalgalaxymusic.com. Uh, also, probably people remember if they see me perform live, I'm, I'm kind of the Atlanta double neck guy right now, so... I bring out a double neck bass <laughs> and yes. drums and uh, synth and vocals, and it just looks absolutely ridiculous. But uh, somehow it comes all together. <laughs> people, awesome. people, people tell me it sounds pretty psychedelic. So anyway, that's nice. okay. You guys uh, live one of these days. Yeah, I'll have, to, I'll, I'll have to check out that. I just looked it up on Spotify. I have to check it out. Um, it's really cool. cool. Uh, Personal Galaxy will be planned at 7.30 p.m. Uh, address is Dr. Spock, everybody's favorite doctor, uh, for you lucky dog. Uh, Jason, let me rescue. just pause you right there. I think it's Mr. Spock, not Dr. Spock. That's a different guy. I thank Sorry. you for, yes, thank you for clarifying. I don't want to get that wrong. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, Dr. Dr. Spock, the child care advocate. Yeah, and Dr. Spock, Spock is, the, is the guy Vulcan. who's like against spanking kids or something like that. So, so this can so. be Dr. Spock? Can this be Dr. Spock? It Possibly. looks a little like him. I like it. I like it. <laughs> All right, I see Mark Cole next on my screen. Mark, introduce yourself, please. Well, first, I would like to just include that Commander Spock, Spock, there were several Spocks, but none of them were, were Dr. Spock. I agree. <laughs> but, uh, can you hear me? Is yes. anybody listening yeah. out there? Okay. Yes. It was a joke. Uh, I play acoustic uh, solo music right now, and I also have um, like an act that I'm working up with my sisters, and it's going to be called Cole. And um, mm-hmm. it, we're doing a lot of big harmony songs like the Hollies, uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young doing harmony stuff. A local group there. I'm also working with uh, that guy right there. He's, uh, he's under me on my screen. I'm not, I'm not sure if he's under you, under me on all baby screen, but I'm working with Eric Turner. We we jammed in that. Uh, we're going to do some, a couple of sets here and there. You know, we're not uh, bonding at the hip, but we're going to do some stuff together because we've known each other for 20-something years. I don't know. How, how long have I known you, Eric? Chime in here. Uh, I th- yeah, it's – Closer to 30, I think. 30, yeah, sorry. <laughs> time oh, flies when you're having fun. Yeah. That's awesome. Fly. And Jason, and what time? Sorry. 
Yeah, so Eric introduced me to Jason, and he got me into the Union Watch last year. And also, I have uh, actually gone to Atlanta to a, a, a venue that Jason has been booking. And uh, he, Jason has really helped me a lot. He's a great guy, and he, he appreciates me, and he is trying to help me, which I need people to help me because I'm just a singer-songwriter, and I'm not really a salesman. I, so I'm here hanging out, and I'm learning stuff from everybody. The stuff that Patrick Brown said, um, Patrick Benson said, uh, was teaching me that I have to get on Twitter. I'm not anywhere. <laughs> Instagram, everything. I got to get all these other, other places. All right. I believe in you, Mark. That's cool. You and ETO are working together. You guys are two of the most talented individuals in Chattanooga, for sure. So I'm really happy what time, to hear that. What time is, uh, what time is Mark playing, Jason? Uh, Mark's going to be playing at 1.30 p.m. for Innova Disc Golf, which I believe your son <laughs> is a part of. Is that right, Mark? Yeah, my son is sponsored by them. They're the, I think they're the largest manufacturer of disc golf discs. And uh, I'd like to be sponsored by them if anybody knows anybody to get me in there. Uh, but I'm also a pro, and I play uh, over 40 and over 50 pro categories. I've also played open some, but he is one of the big dogs. And uh, he's been on tour some for a little while. He's had some mini tours and did really well. Uh, but he's also plays music and he played drums in my band when he was 11 years old. Uh, wow. When he was 13, we all played Riverbend. My my wife and my three kids, we all played Riverbend in uh, 2003. Really? Uh, yeah, we That's the same year my dad played. Wow. It, they called us the Partridge family with the dad. And. Uh, <laughs> It was a lot of fun. Uh, it was hard to get them to rehearse, but uh, we had a lot of a lot of fun at the gigs. And uh, all my kids have left the nest. And my oldest girl is uh, living in Knoxville. She has her degree in music. And James is my middle child, and he plays drums as well as anybody. And he plays great bass guitar, and he plays lead guitar also. And he's in multiple bands doing all these things. And he also is a professional disc. How cool is that? that? I, think it, I think it trickles down for sure, like the family, you know. Mark will be playing for the Concussion Legacy Foundation at one thirty. Okay. All right. I'm gonna move right along to Laura Lockie. There, I see you. I think I've met you before. Probably. I think we did the first Juno watch. Can you hear uh, me? Yeah, okay. I can hear you just fine. Mm -hmm. Great. Awesome. Okay, well, um, my biggest uh, claim to fame lately is that I convinced Bob Charlton to have music. And so I brought uh, Jason to Charlton's and Bob just loved the hell out of Jason, which everybody does, because he's the nicest person that you ever want to meet. And I'm just so um, grateful that I got a chance to meet him because he introduced me to a lot of you all that I never would have met before. So thank you, Jason, for being my friend. And um, so I just came from Charlton's and they're still having the open mic there on Tuesday as well with Derek Ferwerda, who also came in to host an open mic there on Tuesday. And um, I have some music on Spotify and uh, that's, um, that's me, <laughs> that's about it. Um, I have, um, you know, when we get to the paranormal stuff, I really have a weird paranormal experience, but it happened when I was so young. Um, it happened in the 60s. 
So um, I, I, can I talk about that now? Can I squeeze Absolutely. That? Yeah, okay. sure. So Absolutely. here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's like I'm, I'm older than I look. I hope. You know, you hope this, right? I'm older than I look. So when I was a child in the 60s, okay, like people don't realize that the seeds of change were planted in the 60s, but it was still the 50s in like a lot of places in a lot of ways, right? So I was cared for by my grandmother. And my grandmother did work at a tailor shop, which was really a dry cleaner, but she did um, like alterations. So she'd sit in the window and she'd bring me with her and she'd be like, sit there. And children were seen and not heard. And you would sit there and you might play with buttons or thread or whatever. You couldn't talk to anybody. You couldn't do anything. You just sat there while she worked. So one day, this guy came in and he was dressed like he was from the 1920s, like a gangster from a movie. And he walked in and he said, hi, I know I look like I'm just stepped out of the 20s. Can you make me some clothing? And like the tailor, who was really the dry cleaner, had to explain to him, no, we don't do that anymore. We don't make suit clothes. You buy them at a store. And he took him out and he pointed him to a store. And the guy looked so damn confused. Like, what? I'm at a tailor and they don't make clothes anymore? And he just in my mind forever that like was this guy a time traveler and at that time one of the popular shows on tv was candid camera so when something uncanny happened of course everybody would always say is this real or are you or are we on candid camera we would watch candid camera every week to see if it was a gag that was repeated that other people saw and like mm -hmm. reacted to we never right. saw it so that's just, I really felt at that time that I hadn't seen like a time traveler. It was just the weirdest thing. Yeah, Laura, I've heard other stories like that. Um, Steve, have you ever heard anything like that before? Oh, yeah. There's lots of instances I've heard of cases like that where somebody just seemed to appear, call them droppers, sometimes where it looks like they just dropped in from another time or another period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really felt that he just looked like it was just so weird and uncanny to see somebody like that. We just couldn't believe it and just shook our heads. Really famous case of a guy that got ran over by a taxi cab in the street in New York city back in the fifties. I think he was dressed in clothing from the 1800s had uh, no identification on him in his pockets. He had money currency from the 1800s and had a receipt for a livery stable in New York city that no longer existed. And, uh, don't know who he was, where he came from, but he just suddenly appeared, ran out into the street, got mowed down by a cab, and that was the end of him. So if you think about that, if you just suddenly, if you're from the 1800s and suddenly appeared in 1950s New York, you would probably panic and run into the street or do something. So crazy. Uh, cases like like a, always fascinated me. Yeah. Is like a museum where the, the, like those artifacts of clothing? Like, uh, or I'm not sure where they are. They did they were able to authenticate some of it through uh, a guy went through the old um, city directories and actually located, I think it was the guy's son or grandson. And uh, did indeed corroborate that his grandfather or father, whoever it was, had gone missing in the fifties. They assumed he just did a runner and never came back, mm. but uh, he fit the description and was known to use the delivery stable that the receipt was for. Wow. That's interesting. That's I awesome. Know the, uh, I know the, um, 
the liminal earth guys have have a story that's very similar to where they were sitting like one of the guys I think it was Jeremy um, he was sitting in a like a restaurant somewhere in like South Florida and he saw like these people walk in and like just old time like almost like I don't know, 19th century clothing and look around like all confused and then pretty much walk right back out so that that's another one that that's another one that I've heard then I've also there's also the situation where it's the opposite and you find yourself in another yeah time. yeah that's that's another one there were these two these two ladies and um they were British women and they were in at Versailles in France and all of a sudden they started seeing people in like the period dress this was like about like the 19 teens and they were rocking around and they were actually like talking to people and it seemed like they like went back to the 18th century or mm. something. It was pretty, um, it's, it's a pretty wild story. And that's pretty, that's one of the most like well-known kind of like weird time slips stories too. So I think, it, I think it goes both ways. Fort Oglethorpe in Georgia too. Mm. Uh, there were people that witnessed a reenactment there on Snodgrass Hill when there was no reenactment going on. And they, they saw soldiers, horses, heard cannon fire, all this going on, but there was no reenactment. They, it was in the evening, like in the summertime. It's almost yeah. dark. Yeah. I had the experience yeah. from that place. Chickamauga. Yeah, that's a creepy place. I've been all over Chickamauga, yeah. the, the tower there. It's not mm-hmm. Grass Hill. That's that's where they've seen old green eyes. But apparently, whatever yeah, that yeah. entity is, it was mm-hmm. seen in there like while the war was going on. It was seen flitting mm-hmm. amongst the dead and dying. So they think it had been there before the Civil War. Yeah, that's where green eyes is a hell of a place. Yep. Yep. So we got uh, there's a few more people down here. I want to introduce you guys. Introduce yourself real quick, Julie. Laura's playing at one o'clock. Uh, she's representing nurses playing for first responders. So get that okay. Out. So all right, Julie, introduce yourself real quick. I'm Julie. That's Nikki. She's way more awesome to look at. Um, I'm a musician. I did acting for a long time, but uh, kind of took a break. And singer-songwriter, but I play a lot of cover gigs right now because that's what we got. Got to go with it. And I grew up in Atlanta, lived a little bit of everywhere, L.A. for a long time, and then Nashville, and then back here. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, that's where we are right now It's Nashville. So, my, uh, You know what's so crazy? So I'm listening to all those stories, and I've always been fascinated by it all. But, like, I've never heard of that. The time, the droppers, and all that—that's mm-hmm. really cool. Like now, I want to go read books about it. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah. But I've yeah. experienced paranormal stuff my entire life, like massive yeah. stuff. Okay, I you have. Got a, stuff. You got a story for us? I got so many. Do you want like? I'll tell you a good one. I like this. I think this one's probably the scariest one. Was I lived in London for a year, and they put us in these um, lofts, right? And I requested a single. So I had my own room and every morning I would wake up at five o'clock in the morning, every single morning for no reason at all. And then I started just having weird dreams, but I couldn't quite remember them. And then it was probably about two weeks later, I woke up in the morning at the same time at that 5 a.m. And I felt like I couldn't breathe and I was choking and I felt like someone was sitting like on my pelvis Mm -hmm. like holding me down like that. 
and I was trying to scream and I couldn't scream. And I was like, maybe I'm not awake. Like, I don't, you know, I'm just trying to talk it away. And then all of a sudden I was saying all these words in my mind that I've been taught to say when the shit happens. And all of a sudden you saw this little yellow, like it was very light go like this, like in a, I don't know what, how you can see it on the camera that into the corner of the room. And I finally got up. I ran outside my room and right next door was my roommate and her roommate. And she at the exact same time runs out of her room and she was like, are you okay? And I was like, what are you talking about? She goes, I just had the craziest fucking dream that you were being strangled. And I was like, Oh my God. And it's she goes, this. dude, it was so it's messed up. Yes. Yes. What? It's called yeah. a succubus and they get attack you and they have sex with you at night and they're spirit creatures. And it's been talked about for thousands of years throughout so history. What? There's, 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 there's the male and female versions of these creatures and they have sex with us when we're asleep. That's it's also, weird. it's also a huge part of like the sleep paralysis too. that yes. feeling of being having like that weight on top of you. Yeah. And like the old hag syndrome is very much a part of that as well. And Uh, then the worst thing about it was there was actually marks right here. And there was a mark right here when I woke up and I'm like, so I got to literally went to the priest and I was like, I need holy water. Like right now they came and they did all this shit in my room, but I've had it ever. I have them on camera from my old place. I used to live in. It was built in 1891. My last mm-hmm. house, that place was awesome. They were everywhere. You could see the little girl would like play with my dog. <laughs> it was just crazy. Uh, down there, down in Atlanta? In Del- I'm in Duluth. Duluth, okay. And there's a lot of old homes. Yeah. But there's a lot of history here. And I was just crazy. And I finally got, it got so bad. They started breaking shit. Someone new came in my house and obviously they weren't invited. And we ended up having, um, my friend's ex-husband or something is a shaman and he travels around the world and like does this. And he came to my house and like, he goes, there's six people living in here. And I was like, that's awesome. So (laughs) after that, I never had a problem. It was crazy. I was like, all right, but yeah, there's a lot more, but that's my two top. Succubus stories. There's a real famous one called The Entity, which they wrote a book about and later made a Hollywood movie. And that's our true story happened in Culver City, California, where spirit kept coming in, attacking this lady. Would do it in front of her kids. Her kids would see her being thrown around, bruises and scratches and things. That's crazy. But yeah, the the Entity was the name of the book, and then it was made into a movie. The movie. Oh, I remember that's that's an old one. There a lot and kind of. You know, it's a little more spectacular than the actual case, but the real case, you can find videos on it on YouTube. It's frightening. Yeah, Dr. Barry Taff worked on that case. Yeah, I actually got yeah. it. I actually got to talk to him on the show um, one time about uh, that case, and then there was another one that was also in California that where the guy got pulled with the um, the noose. Yeah, I saw that video or the I think it's a still frame where they snapped a picture and he's got the noose wrapped around his neck. He's in the attic of the house and uh, there's a wire or something rather than a noose. But yeah, he was trying to get down out of the attic and something got him by the neck and wrapped a cord around it. Jeez. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm writing down the entity because I don't think I've seen it and I want to see it. <laughs> 
Don't forget. Uh, that's 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 a that's a good one. Uh, the the phone number that just joined us. Um, if you could mute your phone, because we're getting oh a lot of feedback. Sorry, Lars. How, how do I mute it, sir? Uh, just mute it uh, as you would norm. Is it a cell phone? Yeah. Yeah. Just mute it as you normally would on your cell phone. <laughs> okay. Hang on. What's up, so Lars? Julie will be playing at five p.m. She's a represent Atlanta United, and she's a donation yeah. to the St. Jude for Julie. St. Jude, get those kids healthy, man. Let's do this. Amen. Yeah, yeah, right. excellent. Very, very, very cool. All right, iPhone there. Um, I see, like, uh, I think that's the, uh, our comedian, our resident comedian down there. Who that? Very disturb. That's a very disturbing hairstyle, by the way. <laughs> uh, I'm Black Trump. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I have the American flag in the back, but I just closed. As you can see, I, I, Melania is having a business meeting, so I went. To <laughs> shopping on Amazon and everything, spending all my damn money. Huh? <laughs> That's great. Um, but, uh, you're are you're going to be performing on the at UD Watch? Uh, yes. Uh. Jason told me about it, and uh, I performed with him during the pandemic. I also know Laura. Um, she's always at Charlton as well. I perform at Charlton. I love that place. And uh, Julie, I live in North Cross. So Duluth, you're like, we're basically kind of neighbors. Yes, we are, sir. Yeah, you're 10 <laughs> minutes away. Yeah. Hell so, yeah, man. Duluth's yeah. got it going on with music now. You should come down and do comedy in the man. People love uh, you. Okay, but send me some information. And uh, we can make it happen. Make comedy ready. Uh, Jason, when is uh, Black Trump performing at uh, UD Watch 2021? Uh, that'll be 6.30 p.m. I represent the Toronto Raptors, and uh, donations can go to the Boys and Girls Club of America. Okay. Nice one. All right. Uh, it's, uh, Matt, I know you. I've I got to uh, hang out with you on a podcast one time. You did indeed. Yeah. Again, I'm not Jennifer Zoo Atlanta. That's my, <laughs> that's my wife. Right. Hey, Zoo Atlanta is a great place. I've been it there is, a few it times. Is, it is. Well, this is her, you know, I just didn't want to change anything, you know, since she uses it all the time. So, but yeah, this is, uh, my name is Matt Urbanek. Uh, I play music, play drums, write songs. Go out there. I met Jason three or four years oh. ago. He is truly uh, an exceptional person. Um, and so uh, when he, uh, he mentioned this. I thought this this is fascinating, dude. So Adam, I actually really am just I'm really uh, eager to you know kind of hear more. I mean, because this stuff is just amazing. I mean, again, it's fascinating. I want to hear more. Yeah. So, do you have any kind of paranormal experiences yourself? Uh, I do actually. I mean, I, I, I you know I actually have had a few different kinds. Um, as far as paranormal itself, to me that means you know more like you know some kind of spiritual or you know something. Uh, it's not UFO is what I guess I mean. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause I've had, a, I guess a few UFO experiences in my life. I would consider that paranormal. Yeah. Yeah. It still is. But as far as paranormal, something when I was a kid, I lived in, um, I, I, I came from a, a little town out of Sugar, uh, Houston called Sugarland. And uh, actually my folks, uh, my mom is actually still left and she still lives in the same house I grew up in. I mean, they've, they've lived there for like 60 wow. years. So, so when I go home to visit, I actually literally go home to visit. And this house is built on a cul-de-sac. Uh, and 
when I was a kid, I would, you know, have my big wheel or, you know, whatever I was riding around, I would ride around in that cul-de-sac, especially in the summer, you know, until it got dark, you know, or, you know, pretty good and dark. And I remember one summer night I was riding around that cul-de-sac and it's not very big and all the houses are pretty close and there's still lights around, but, but at the, at the kind of the end of the cul-de-sac, there's an alley. And at one point I'm just riding around and it's getting really dark and I just stop and I look up and I look at that alley and there was from a house from across the, the way, their light, you know, kind of was shining behind. So there you could see a silhouette. It was like a silhouette of a, like a little girl, but like, it was like a, like a cardboard cutout kind of thing. And it was walking oh. like that. It was walking like, like a robotic type of thing. <laughs> it was like, a, but, but I really was weird. I mean, but I could see a, you know, silhouette and I get like, you know, the silhouette of a hair and like a bow. And I remember seeing that and just freaking the hell out and is running. I just left my, <laughs> I left my baby <laughs> right there in the circle and just ran, you know, into the house. And I guess you Oh, my mom or dad come out with me so I could get it out of the driveway because I was going to go back out by myself. Oh, hell no. <laughs> that was weird. So yeah. that wow. would be something I remember very vividly. I mean, I had to be six or so. Steve, didn't you have a similar experience like that? I think I read in one of the books that you might have told it on the show. Um, it didn't happen to me, but I've got a story like that similar where somebody saw like a stick figure like off of a, a sign, you know, like the, the crossing sign, a figure like that, that was running around in a park and it was two dimensional, but it looked just like, you know, it had the circular head and the, the real, just basic arms and legs and stuff. And uh, again, no clue as to what anything like that could be. And I've heard of other two dimensional figures like that, that looked like they'd either been cut out of paper now, I saw a thing in the Philippines where a guy had cut figures out of paper and then made them dance with a willow wand, but that that was something different. This is more like some type of, uh, if it's an entity or what you would call it, um, where the, the two-dimensional figures come out like that. But yeah, there's, I've heard several stories weird. of those. Weird. Very. It was very weird. But then I've got a few uh, UFO things as well, but I mean, I, we can continue on so we can get everybody introduced. And Okay. Uh, I, That'll be you. jamming at 830. Uh, he's representing the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, and Per Nation Cat Alliance. And you can check out Matt uh, on Facebook. Uh, where's the best place to find your music, Matt? Oh, I mean, you can send, uh, send my stuff on Reverb Nation and, and Sound, uh, SoundCloud. Uh, both of them are just uh, backslash Matt Urbanic. So it's it's really simple. My, my last name is spelled Urban with an E K at the end of it. It's real simple. So okay. And Matt puts out a lot of new music. He it's pretty. I think him and Mark Schroeder are battling each other for who's putting out. <laughs> yeah, I write a lot of songs. Well, it's, All right. it's my therapy. I enjoy. And then I got uh, Joey, the mad scientist, right to the uh, uh, right next to you, at least on my screen. So I go way back. Uh, we, we've made films for years. We were, we were part of the Digitri Club, making Geekin' and making uh, short films. And uh, yeah, we're actually, we are working on another movie that we're going to release uh, in the future. But uh, yeah, we've known each other for 
at least a decade, maybe two. I think it might be two now. <laughs> yeah, it's close. It's close to two. Um, it was in the 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 aughts. But, uh, but yeah, I enjoy the mad scientist. I like to make weird noise. And uh, I can't remember what time I'm going on for Uni Watch, but I think I'm actually coming on right before Conspiracy Normal, if I'm not mistaken. But I'm going to do an ambient set, laid back set, but it's going to have a conspiracy bent to it, actually, with number stations and, and different oh. uh, soundscapes uh, related to paranormal. You've got to uh, record stuff. that for but, us, uh, man. That sounds great. Yeah, I'm actually I'm doing an album a month this year. And so I think this is going to be my June album. I'm going to record it and then either put that out or reduplicate it and, um, and, uh, and have that out. You can find my music anywhere, uh, wherever fine streams are uh, sold or streamed for free. <laughs> yeah, and, that'd, be, uh, that'd be under Joey the Mad Scientist. Yeah, cool. that's right. And I have exactly one paranormal story. Well, I've got two, but one that's not UFO related. Um, when I was... Seven years old, it was a kind of a time of upheaval for me in my life. And I had just gotten done with a bath and it was, we lived in a townhouse and I was walking downstairs and uh, I went by Joey. You know, nobody, nobody ever called me Joseph, in my, even though my name is Joseph. But I heard somebody behind me say Joseph in a, in a very light voice. Somebody said Joseph. And so I, I turned around and at the top of the stairs, I saw two people, a man and a woman in um, like these kind of like a, uh, uh, light brown, almost like uh, as ridiculous as it sounds, like Obi-Wan Kenobi robes and like long flowing hair. And they were holding hands and they were smiling at me and they were fuzzy. And it really freaked me out. Oh. So I, uh, I turned my head, ran down the stairs. I got to the bottom of the stairs. I looked up. I didn't see anything anymore. And um, as I look back on it, I almost wonder if that was uh, something that was just kind of telling me like it was going to be all right, like that every good thing was going to be okay. But at the time, it just royally mess with my brain i didn't right. tell anybody about it right uh, steve that's kind of a phenomenon too like i guess like messengers i guess that like reassure people but yeah that's it's common especially in the south there's a lot of stories especially when uh somebody has a loved one that's about to pass or there's going to be some kind of tragedy in the family you'll get some kind of warning or some kind of omen it can be literally anything just depends on where you're at or where you were raised and things that can vary from just one little community to the next. But yeah, that's, that's pretty common thing to happen. And uh, I've heard it conjectured that it was because, you know, there was a time before we had instant communications and things that there's something paranormal in nature that we don't necessarily understand or know about that can somehow let us know about things that are going to happen. And maybe it uses things of a natural or supernatural means to do it okay uh, then we've got uh, the last um, person here joey will be oh, playing at 10 sorry. uh and he's gonna be wearing uh i'll save his uniform you have to watch uh, what his uniform is uh shriners hospital for children so you can donate to uh during his set okay That's right and then the last uh lars i think you uh you are there on the phone yeah, man, I'm here. I just unmuted. Okay. Yeah, introduce yourself. And if you got any paranormal stories, please tell us. Uh, you know, I don't. I'm probably the only one here who don't at the moment. I'm, uh, my name is Lars Nagel. I'm a singer-songwriter, uh, formerly, uh, I mean, out of Atlanta, Georgia, and I spent probably 25 years previously in, in a couple of two different bands, a couple of two, three different bands. And uh, 
started making solo records about four or five years ago. And uh, Jason asked me to play the the Uniwatch show, and he told me to uh, call you and just to chat about music for a second. And uh, so, yeah, here I am. What bands were you in down there? I was in uh, the, the the last band was uh, an old standing Atlanta rock band. They're, they're called the El Caminos. Oh, familiar. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you know, I, again, I, I did eight years in that band. We did three records and in uh, a million shows, but uh, we, um, but I wasn't, you know, th- those guys have been touring a, a lot and working a lot in the nineties. So when I joined in 2009, I, uh, um, yeah, no, I definitely became part of the family, but I did about seven, eight years in that band. So that's, that's, uh, that, that, that's the last, the, the latest dig. And, and in, in combination to it, I started making, I started recording my own. And that, again, that was a hard rock band. And uh, so I, but I started recording simultaneously sort of acoustic singer songwriter type songs that I've been playing in, in the last few years and been playing on some adjacent shows and, you know, like everybody else, like in 2020, doing a lot of those um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, vi- video shows. You know what I mean? Because we was no place else to go, right? Yeah, we're, I guess we're still kind of doing that. Here we are. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, like yeah. us, we we were kind of perfectly situated for that already. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Lars, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. At uh, 11 p.m., he's representing Notre Dame and playing for the American Cancer Society. So. Okay. All right. Hey, Jason. Yeah, this... How are you, bud? Doing well. How are you doing? Thank you for joining. Good, good brother. Yeah, man. Yeah. And, 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 and Adam, right? Adam. Yeah. And Surfiel is, is my co-host here. You see, he's... Ple- I can't see Pleasure him. meeting you, sir. <laughs> Pleasure meeting you, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thanks, thanks yeah, I'm for looking hanging for, out. I'm looking forward to the... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I just say thanks for hanging out with us tonight. It's awesome. Oh, yeah, totally, man. I... I uh, I got, I got so much going on this evening, but I told Jason I'd like to call in and just, just, just a real quick, just for a few minutes, be part of it and just say how much I'm looking forward to the, uh, the, uh, the unit show coming up uh, next best, month. And, uh, huh? Where's the, where's the best place for people to find your music, Lars? And what, what is the Wednesday show? How can people find your Wednesday show? Um, yeah, we can start with tomorrow night's show. It's, it's, uh, there's a, there is a, a club, if you will, on Facebook called Kimono My House, K-I-M-O-N-O, Kimono My House, which was started last uh, last year, last March, with two Atlanta musicians. And uh, just think of it as as a star bar in Atlanta or masquerade, but it's it's a club in the sky, right? Where everybody goes on. You can book shows, you can do pop up shows, and you can you know just be part of it. And, it, it really took off for them. They got like 8,000 members or something now. And, uh, but anyway, so I started playing shows there. And then a little later on, my friend Tom Cheshire and I, who's from a band called West End Motel, we started a show on Kimono My House called the BLT Show, like the sandwich, you know, the bacon, lettuce, tomato, BLT show that we do on Kimono My House, streamed on Facebook every Wednesday night. Eastern Standard Time starting at eight o'clock. It goes eight to uh, uh, eight to nine thirty p.m. ish. You know, we tend to run over a little bit here and there. So I'm playing tomorrow night. Uh, I go on. I'm headlining tomorrow night, so I go on at nine p.m. 
Eastern Standard Time, and it's called The BLT Show on Kimona My House Facebook. And uh, if any other musicians, I know we have a number of them here, are interested in playing on Kimona My House, just please hit me up on Facebook. And the two owners, Andy Gish and Kim Ware, will make you a member. And then you can book shows there. The audiences are, are, are really quite good, really quite good. And they, they tend to vary a little bit as well. <laughs> and uh, it'll just be another outlet to play. And um, so, yeah, man, other than that, people can find my music. Second part question. Uh, if you just, if they Google Lars Nagel uh, music next to it, they'll come up to all the online, I mean, the online shops like Amazon, Walmart, you name them, you know, iTunes, uh, Apple music. You can find me if you just Google my name and a couple of those online shops next to it. Um, the catalog is on SoundCloud at this point. I'm not sure where it is. And so if you just put Lars Nagel in any one of these formats and for some reason it ain't happening, any person, any, any time, anybody who's interested in my music, always free to hit me up on my art, art, artist page on Facebook. So, so yeah, man, thank you so much for giving me a little platform here too. Yeah, um, you know, I, I would suggest everybody yeah. sign up for that show. Uh, I played it recently and I really enjoyed it and they have a great audience and yeah, I thought it was a great experience. I think what you guys do is very uh, professional and you know, you're adding a lot of enjoyment to the world. So yeah, means, what, what, it, performers. Jump, yeah, well, jump if you don't mind me adding to that too, Jason. Yeah, we had Jason on a few weeks back and he did fantastic. And what we do is that, and again, we have the time booked on Kimono My House between 8 to 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every Wednesday night in which Tom and I, uh, the other guy who runs it, he will either open the show at 8 o'clock p.m. and I will close it at 9 o'clock. And then we have the guest uh, in the middle, who's the lettuce, who plays 8.30 to 9. And we have had tons of singer-songwriters. Now we're starting with comedians. We've had poets on there. So if you feel like being funny for 30 minutes, if you're a comedian or know of a comedian, or if you're a singer songwriter, or if you want to read poetry, any, any self-expression, we totally welcome it. You're going to have a cool audience. And, uh, so you basically go on now, basically you just go on Facebook and you look up Kimona, my house, uh, you know, apply for a membership where you just click there and wait for them to just accept you. And then you can just start playing shows on your own. You don't need Tom or myself on the BLT show, but if you want to be part of what we're doing too, just private messages on there and, and get a hold of us. And we welcome, we've had so much fun with so many artists from around the country. And now actually there'll be some from abroad who's doing it as well. So, so again, thank you. Thank you to Jason, by the way, I haven't even talked to you about it since, but Jason kicked ass about maybe a month ago when he was, when he was our guest. So yeah, man, we dig it. Yeah. This is a great experience. Thank you very much. Thanks for being a part of this, Lars, and telling us about that. Yeah, dude, a absolutely. And Adam, thank you so much again for letting me hop in and just yeah. promote my music and, and, and the kimono my house for a minute there and uh, and the BLT show. So I, I greatly appreciate uh, uh, sir. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Uh, does the Star Bar still have the Elvis fault? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I used to hang out at the Star Bar a lot. A lot. What's that? I used to hang out at the Star Bar a lot when I lived in Atlanta. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. It's still, 
I mean, unless they, it, it's as you know, it's gone through enough of owners. They got new ownership right now. People who bought into it and they were going to, unfortunately for them, they were going to open it up. The new owners were going to come in right as the pandemic hit last March. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know one of the guys who, who I know, but I, I, maybe, you know, Brian Malone who books there, he's been booking there for years. And, uh, yeah, man, the vault, the, the vault is still there. And, um, it's probably one of the best, um, musical venues, national rock and roll venues or music venues in Atlanta oh, yeah. to play. And, you know, yeah, it's a you great got the place. Earl. Yeah. It's a cool spot. It, it really is. I mean, you, you, you got the Earl Smithsel bar, uh, you know, the star bar that really just, you can see great acts there and up and coming people. Huh? I've been blessed. If one of the first things, places I did stand up comedy was at the star bar. And one of the first places I played music is the little vinyl lounge, which is right behind the star bar. And they're like, I yeah, the same owner. Like they're really open to creativity and like they're right in little, vi- little five points. And yeah, the, the yeah. COVID thing, I man, it's really hurt a lot of businesses. I hope we can, that's part of the reason why we're doing this show to get creative, creativity going again as well, you know? Yeah, it's, it, it, it's been tough. And, and, uh, and speaking of hurting musicians, I mean, you know, the entertainment world is one to get, take the biggest hits immediately, obviously. And, and what we do with, with, with the BLT show, when we, when we have a guest on, we always, um, encourage the guest, the musical guest to put up their Venmo account number so people can tip however they want to, however they, whatever they choose to tip the artist. But we'd like to, we just sort of, as, 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 you know, try not to be too intrusive about it, but we also are letting fans and people know that, you know, I mean, these people are, singing their singing their hearts out to you and they work up music sets and their pros. And the minute I started telling, I think, I think in one of my shows, maybe five, six months ago, I said, listen, if you think it's too little to send a dollar, think again, <laughs> you know, you, you, you can send a buck, you can send five bucks. The, the minute I brought up how small of an amount that you can send, because I think people are sort of afraid, well, if I don't send them 15 bucks, I, I I'm, I'm going to feel like a, you know, I'm, I'm not doing, I'm, I'm being bad or something, but I said, no, you can send a dollar 50, man. I don't care because it all adds up and pays the power bill. So the minute I pointed it out, we started getting paid more as artists and people would just, you know, I mean, if you got 30, 40 people on there and everybody sends you a couple of bucks or a dollar here or two, you know, so we, we're just trying to sort of get anybody who's playing there, who people who play in there in general, just get some sort of a, some sort of a return other than, the love for just playing right exactly yeah yeah we, we do have performers that are not a part of our podcast tonight that are going to be a part of the show and i, I okay. feel like i should uh, talk about that a little if that's okay yeah perfect perfect oh. please uh so uh, we started at, at noon uh at 12 30 we're gonna have another podcast join us the orange and black insider Bengals podcast they're kind of the I would say the best Bengals podcast around. They talk about Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, they'll be playing, uh, performing, wearing Cincinnati Bengals gear, uh, performing for the Lisa Casenza Memorial Scholarship. Which, uh, what that is is Anthony Casenza is one of the hosts of the show. 
And that's his sister. And his sister was murdered, unfortunately, a few years back. So he set up a memorial scholarship for her. And people can donate to that. And it's going to help out. She was a teacher. Uh, so what it does is it helps out students and students in need. So that's uh, something people can do if they want. Uh, Vic Berg Burgess is going to be joining us at two, representing also the Tennessee Titans. Uh, you can donate to the National Breast Cancer Foundation uh, through his performance. Uh, also at 2 p.m., Richard Daigle is going to be jamming. He is a Chattanoogian. Uh, he's representing the New Orleans Saints, playing for ALS Association. At 2.30, Sean Allen is going to be jamming. He's been uh, with us from the very beginning, like Laura and a few others here. Uh, he is representing the Atlanta Thrashers, and you can donate to Feeding America. Uh, at 3 p.m., uh, Daniel Parvis, he goes by Ryder Dan in the high side. He'll be jamming with us. Uh, and you can donate to the Atlanta Humane Society with his performance. 3.30, Bart Moore will be jamming with us. Uh, he's going to be representing Chicago Cubs. You can uh, donate to LINCS, which I believe is, uh, I want to say, a Michigan-based donation. Uh, you can donate to that. At 4 o'clock, Scott Gerber is going to be representing the New York Mets, and you can donate uh, to him through Gwinnett Humane Society. The donations will go to that. 4.30, Mark Farmer will be joining us for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, donations are going to go to Red Cross. At 5.30, Jake Douglas will join us. He's going to be wearing Buffalo Bills gear, and you can uh, donate to I, I might be pronouncing this incorrectly, but I want to say Oshia Children's Hospital. That's O-I-S-H-E-I. Uh, I believe that is a hospital up in the Buffalo area. That's where he's from. So he's having donations go to there. 8 p.m. we've got the Sons of Vinyl. They're a local Atlanta band. Uh, they're going to be jamming. Uh, because they're a band, they're going to represent a lot of teams. They represent the Atlanta Falcons, Atlanta Hawks, Atlanta Thrashers, Georgia Bulldogs, and the San Diego Padres. And donations uh, through their performance can go to the Red Door Food Pantry. Uh, we also got Joseph Piper joining us at 9.30. He's going to be wearing Atlanta United. Uh, donations can go to the Drake House from his performance. And then Conspira Normal will be joining us. You guys will be closing up our show uh, wearing the Men in Black gear. Uh, and you'll be representing the COPD Foundation, which I appreciate you jumping on that for my dad. So that's going to round up the entire show. Uh, we've got, uh, I think maybe Vic just joined us. I see a, a, a new name. And Saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options. In stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at our list here. Hey, man. Yes. Sorry. No worries, Vic. How you doing, man? How's everything going? Hey, I'm good, man. I just awesome. had a last class. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Can you uh, tell the people listening where they can uh, hear your music? Um, yeah, my band's called The X-Laws. Um, you can find us on Facebook. Give us a like. We're on a band camp. Got a lot of stuff on there. And um, we do have some stuff on Spotify. So if you want to check that out, um, I do go by Bass Shaw and the X Laws. But Vic Burgess uh, is my solo stuff. And my solo stuff's on there too. Vic Burgess on Bandcamp. So check it out. I awesome. appreciate, appreciate being on here. And uh, 
and on the uh, on the on the uni show. I'm excited. Yeah, thank you, thank you for joining us, uh, Jason. Let's uh, let's do this before we go on to any more paranormal stories. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you here like uh, full screen real quick. Oh, yeah. um, so, please tell everybody about like the process that you're gonna give out for this. Okay, yeah. So what we've done. Uh, we this is a consistent thing we've done. We ask stupid sports trivia questions, uh, the dumbest questions uh, you can think of. So I'm not gonna give you any surprises. You have to tune in to find out what they are. But yeah, in between we did, we did, we did dumb paranormal. Uh, uh, questions at the Strange Realities 2019 it's, with you. So it's a lot of fun. We have a lot of random. So the way the entire show is going to work is from noon until midnight. We're going to have performers every 30 minutes. Uh, I'll be doing little uh, promos in between, and part of those promos we uh, are going to have uh, uh, questions, stupid, stupid sports questions, uh, with a chance for the audience to win prizes. The way it works is if you're the first person that has the right answer in the chat that comes up amongst everybody, uh, and you want to privately send me a message with you, your uh, e- your address, uh, I will send you a prize. Uh, we've got prizes coming from a lot of different companies. Uh, Ebbetsfield Flannels has sent us some nice jerseys. This is a sweet LSU uh, jersey from Ebbetsfield Flannel. It's like the authentic real deal. It's got the zipper. You know, it's the legit thing. We're going to be uh, handing that out as a prize. I've also got a company... Uh, Asgard Press has sent me calendars, so we're going to hand out some pretty cool calendars as prizes uh, for people to win. Uh, I'm speaking to a lot of sports teams right now. Uh, there's a good chance we're going to have more jerseys that people can hand out. Uh, I've also got some uh, prizes you can hand out. We found the Macho Man's uh, ex-wife's brawl, so he doesn't want to see that anymore, so we're going <laughs> to hand that out as a prize. Uh, also, the Macho Man found a... Uh, to over 1,000 hours of AOL internet, so you can win that as a prize. And our grand prize is everybody loves game worn, you know, memorabilia. So you can't have a UniWatch show without something game worn, right? So from 1976, an exhibition game between the Oakland Raiders and the Houston Oilers, we have a pair of John Wet Madden's game worn used underwear that you can win, brothers. And look at this. Look how juicy this game was. Oh, yeah, that was a nail biter right there. Wow. So there's plenty of wonderful things that can be won and worn. That's a part of UniWatch. It's real easy. Just pay attention. If you have the answer correct, then just send me a message and we'll uh, we'll get you a prize. Pretty simple. Yeah. So. I came with one of the shirts. Conspiracy Normal is going to be giving us some prizes as well. We've got uh, some shirts that we're going to be handing out here. So... And, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, I got more companies contacting me by the day. So, yes. knock on wood. Is holding, the sh- is holding the shirt up here. Okay. Um, that uh, we're going to be sending you, like, two or three of those to, to raffle off and, and use as prizes as well. So. so, yeah, so there's a lot of great prizes, a lot of great companies coming together. Uh, ideally, we want to have, you know, donations go to a lot of wonderful companies and get you a lot of great entertainment and uh, – have wonderful prizes to hand out. So it's, it's pretty cool. This started off a couple years ago. It's just like big party. And now it's turned into a bigger party with prizes and more friends joining. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to help more people. Excellent. It's all, it all goes to, it all goes to a good cause. Um, anything that you do goes to, goes to a really good cause. All right. Yeah. Thanks for doing that. Jason showing what you showing what you got there. Those puppets, by the way, that are in the back, that's uh, my dad made those. 
So True. shout out to him. If you go to, uh, uh, I guess, if you go to my YouTube channel, Jackass of All Trades, uh, you type in Far Away Angel, you can see all these puppets and a cool music video that we pieced together. Uh, Adam did it, uh, myself, and uh, yeah, my uncle Mike and his father pieced together multiple puppets. And I'm really happy he did that. He did a great job. He's a wonderful person. All right, let's uh, let's do let's do some paranormal stories. Um, if anybody wants to go. I'd love uh, let to. Let me know. Okay. All right. E.T., like I said, the appropriate name. Uh, let's, uh, let's get you, st- let's get you stories. And we got our, uh, we're going to help and we're going to help s- see if we know any other cases like that. Steve is standing by. So, uh, so what's your, right. uh, what's your paranormal story, bro? Well, Chickamauga Battlefield was brought up and I could tell you a yep. number of stories just from there. Um, number one, anytime that I've been with somebody and, both of us or multiple people have seen a UFO. We have been driving through Chickamauga battles. Really? But, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's weird. I've, I've, I've thought that I've seen them by myself before, but I've several occasions driving through the battlefield, me or another person would point it out. We'd say, Oh my God. But um, the weirdest thing that has ever happened to me paranormally happened there. And it was uh, we. It was really late, uh, probably three, four o'clock in the morning. And we, there was like five of us in the car. You're not supposed to park the car and get out and walk around the park after dark. But you know, we were. I don't know if we were teenagers. We we're probably in our early twenties by this time. Anyhow, so we get out of the car. We walk up this hill, and then we take. There's a place where they call it uh, the gates or devil's gates. And it's uh, it's not too awful far from Snodgrass Hill, but anyhow, we uh, we walked uh, up the trail through the the two double the double trees into this part of the woods uh, uh, to smoke cigarettes. <laughs> and, uh, right, right, right. So uh, being it's uh, being what day it is. Anyhow, uh, so we're standing there, and then all of a sudden. It was like a bright night. You know, you could see where you were going. You could see where you were walking and everything. All of a sudden, it gets pitch black. I guess the clouds come over or whatever, but it was such a change so quickly that you literally could not see but a couple feet in front of your face. And one of the girls that was with us, uh, she said, does anybody else feel that? And as she was saying it, the hair on my whole body had started standing up and I felt a presence and it turned out every single one of us, all five of us felt the same presence so much that without any uh, coordination or anything, we all took off running (laughs) out of the woods and we weren't that deep into the woods. So the weirdest thing about it, it was, it was that we all knew it was something and something that did not want us there instantly and we all had the same reaction but when we went down this trail and when we got to where we'd take a left to go down to the trail to get to the car my uh buddy jeff took a he had a, a crystal that he always wore that was supposedly blessed by his grandfather and he turned around and he drew a line across the path that we had just come off of onto this other path and he, as soon as he did it and we turned around to walk off, there was this big bright flash of light. And so, of course, that made us take off running again. 
but it was, uh, I mean, my hair standing up just thinking about it right now because it's the weirdest thing, but I didn't actually see anything, but I felt it. And everybody, you know, that was there felt the exact same thing at the exact same time. Um, and it's strange. I've, I've seen figures in, uh, while driving through, uh, Chickamauga battlefield, uh, never seen green eyes or anything like that, but that was the, the thing that most disturbed me my, of my whole life because it felt like, I don't know. It just felt like, get out of here. You know, mm-hmm. it was wild, but Chickamauga battlefield, man, that place is, that place is wild. And it's, it's, Anybody that lives around it has stories. Yeah. Um, Sir I took, we, we went over there a couple of years ago and Sir you'd never, I don't think you'd been, it doesn't, was like the first time you'd been, mm-hmm. you said you kind of felt like there was like a power to that place. Yeah. There's something going on. Yeah. I have a cousin who drove through it also at night and says she saw little like lanterns in the woods. Mm-hmm. Are they great? Yeah, I think there was, uh, for several years, there were some nefarious groups that actually held, um, you know, we, a lot of people thought that it was just like urban legend or whatever, but I I witnessed people there myself, you know, but uh, I (laughs) nothing nothing that I would ever want to be a part of, you know, of, uh, of this realm or another. Yeah. Are you talking about like, 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 like satanic groups or something? That, in the park? Um, satanic, um, uh, mainly hate groups, mainly a specific okay. hate group that doesn't even deserve to be named. Uh, but and I know I, I saw well, that with my it, own eyes. It is, unfortunately, I mean, it is North Georgia. That's I mean, yeah, and, and that yeah. stuff is definitely there. Uh, Steve, have you ever heard any of that? Yeah, I've I've heard all of that. There's just throughout that whole area, and uh, talking about um, the battlefield there at Chickamauga, I've got a story in one of my books, or I think I made a video of it on YouTube, where a guy and his girlfriend were driving through there, and they encountered what they thought was the specter of a Confederate soldier that just kind of faded out and upset the guy, and he decided not to drive back to. Uh, forget where he was in Chattanooga or somewhere, I think, or not Chattanooga, but uh, Knoxville. <laughs> and, uh, so he ended up spending another night. And then the next day was when they had that big, horrific car crash in the fog down at uh, oh, Bowwater's yeah. plant. Do you remember that? And yeah, he attributed, yeah, I remember that. He said that if he hadn't have witnessed that ghost and it shook him up, that he would have been right in the middle of that. So he wow. attributes the ghost of the Confederate soldier for saving his life. And that happened there at the battlefield in Chickamauga. Wow. Yeah, that was like in between Chattanooga and Cleveland. That was a, a per, pretty horrendous thing that got caused by fog. Yeah, like 96 vehicles or something. Yeah, like it that. was crazy. Yeah, I think I was probably like seventh grade or something when that happened. Is that what final one of the Final Destination movies is based on? Like one of the beginnings of a Final Destination movie is like a big, horrible wreck like that. Yeah, it could be. There's probably. several several types of I guess there was a lot of bad wrecks. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that that just happened in Texas not too long ago because of the ice. There was just this huge like pile. Oh up. yeah, the video from that was just horrendous. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was, was crazy. Who who else has this, any stories for us that hasn't uh, told us anything yet? Because I mean, Jason and I both we kind of have our own like stories. 
yeah. family I've stories. I've got one. Uh, it's the only one that I've got, but let me switch my video. So I was working at Anchors Hoagies on Brainerd Road. I worked there for 10 years. And, I know where that is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was, it's probably 2003 or something like that. I was probably 18, 19. And uh, I get, I got off work at about 10 o'clock. So I get home. I'm real tired. I've been up probably since eight that morning or something, worked all day. So I get home and I, I lay in my, I lay in my bed, I'm watching TV and I'm, I'm just on the verge of falling asleep. And it's an out of body story, but it was so real. And I remember it so vividly and I'm laying in my bed, I'm looking up and then all of a sudden I can't move and body paralysis and, it was, it was just, it was so real. Like it just felt like it felt like some kind of ghost stuff or something. And I can't move my arms. I'm, I'm trying to scream. And when I'm screaming, like I was, it was scary, man. I mean, it was just so crazy. And I'm trying to scream and it's coming out like this. Ah, like, like I can't get my voice to work. And then I start floating above myself and I'm looking down at myself and I start going outside my house, like above my roof. I know this sounds crazy, but it, it was so real. Not, not at all. I mean, I've, we've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been I, I wish I could channel it, man. If I could channel that to happen, it was like, it was scary. But at the same time, it was like so real and, <laughs> and cool, you know? And anyway, I'm floating. Dude, I'm, dude I'm, puts I'm, you in touch with Red Collier then, because he he can do that. Yeah, like, like, oh, there's, well, there's and, a lot and, of methods, yeah. Yeah, and I read that um, if you if you fall asleep, like with your hands, both your hands, like you're almost like you're in a casket. That can help it, and you have. And if you're really tired, it can it can do it too. But um, so I'm floating, you know, and I'm looking around, and I'm I'm floating like outside of my house, man. And then all of a sudden, like it like sucks back into me, and then, and then I start screaming. Like I'm I'm doing that, and then it turns into a scream, and I wake up, and I'm like, I, I thought I was crazy or something. I get up and I run, I lived at home at the time, and I run in the kitchen to my mom, and I'm like, Mom, listen to just what happened to me, and she's like, <laughs> looking at me funny, and I just it was just so hard to explain at the time, but it was so fascinating, man. I, I remember it so vividly. Crazy. It's a very, very common experience. Almost, I mean, I'm surprised that everyone doesn't instantly say, "Oh, I've done that too." Like when you told your mom, she should have said, oh, "I've done that too," because right, I've done that. Everybody's done that, I think. Yeah, and it, and it's. I, I thought the same thing. Like after a year or two after it happened, I started telling people, and they would say the same thing you said. It was like, yeah, yeah that's happened to me, and uh, I wrote a song. I've, I've got some uh, uh, some people I grew up with. They're Laotian, and I finally told them one day we were just talking about ghosts or something. And I told him, and he was like, "Oh yeah, that's uh, you know something in Laos." He said, and he was and he explained it to a T man, and it was the first time somebody explained it to me the way I experienced it. So it like gave me goosebumps, and I was like, "Dude, that happened to you too!" And yeah, it was it was really cool, man. <laughs> Hey, hey Steve. Was it? Yeah, you yeah. can absolutely. Um, yeah. Steve, wasn't cool. there? 
Wasn't there something with the Hmong tribe of Laos where they're like the they're like the um mountain people? Hmong. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the like Nightmare on Elm Street was actually based on real stuff. Yeah, where people that were in this village somewhere the the kids were dying when they fell asleep. They would die in their sleep. And they would do all these things to try and stay awake or just sleep a little bit at a time and things like that. And yeah, that's the impetus for Nightmare on Elm Street was based on something that supposedly happened over there in the jungle or in the mountains. Mm. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. I, think there, that, I think that that was like in the Hmong community in, in uh, the United States too. I think some things were, were happening. Yeah, like I've heard 70s. it talked about. I used to work with a girl that that was her nationality or whatever you want to call it. And she knew those kind of stories and stuff about uh, they had all kinds of uh, sleep superstitions, things you're not supposed to do and things you should do and, and things like that. Fascinating because I'd never heard at that time from that part of the world. Now, when I spent a year in Southeast Asia, I picked up a lot more stuff over there, but uh, like in the Philippines, you're not supposed to sleep with a window open because they think uh, spirits can uh, come in and enter your body and you're not supposed to fall asleep outside ever. Just weird little things like that. And there's a lot of uh, spiritual things and possessions and things like that that they think can take place. Yeah. And um, they're a lot of Asian culture. They're against any type of astral travel, because if you don't know what you're doing, when you come back and try to get in your body, something else can already be there and not let you back in, even if you've mm-hmm. still got your golden cord or silver cord or whatever it is that attaches to oh. your body. You're still attached, but you're like on oh, the outside knocking to get in the house. You know? <laughs> yeah, just just to add on to that, too, uh, my father collected um, in the early late 80s, early 90s, he would get these um, – what was it? Time life subscriptions, these books, and they were called um, mysteries of the unknown. I don't know if any of you ever heard of that. Yeah. I I had that series. Yeah. Yeah, And I actually, I, he, he got like, he would get one every two months or something. And when I moved out, he gave them to me. And then just last year I was like, I got a wild hair and I was like, you know what, man, I want to complete this collection. And I looked on eBay and I got every one of them. That was the whole set. But, um, there's one of them, and I forget the name of that one, uh, but it explained what I talked about, the, uh, the, the out-of-body experience and how it feels like your body's nailed down. And really cool books, really. Uh, some of them are about, you know, you know, Dracula and werewolves and stuff like that. Some of them are about Asian culture and just paranormal stuff like that. But they're fascinating to read. Yeah, the um, I I can remember the chat one of the Chattanooga libraries. I think it was the Brainerd one. They had the Man Myth and Magic series. Yeah, in the reference yep. section, and that mm-hmm. stuff like scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah I've it seen was those. just it was just crazy stuff. Isn't that like an Austin Osmond spare painting on the? I yeah I think so yeah it's just like it's just it was a series of books like that it was just like encyclopedias Mm -hmm. and it would tell you stuff like using henbane or mandrake or just weird stuff like that was in that and um yeah Uh, I have there's a personal experience that I have where um when I was about 13 uh but I always thought of this as like a weird dream 
And then somebody kind of gave me an, a different insight on it. When I was about 13 years old, I can remember kind of like having that same kind of feeling where you're paralyzed and you can't move. And like what I can remember was like, you know, kind of crawling on the floor, you know, and like struggling to get to the light. And I get to like the light switch and like to flip it up. And then like my hand touches the light switch and then I wake up. And I told that story as like a dream to uh, to somebody to to another podcast once, and they actually told me, "Well, you had an out of body experience," and I had never I had never thought of it in that way before. But now I kind of think of it that that could have been what that was. Yeah, it sounds like it. It it really opened my eyes, man. I mean, I, I like I said, I was probably eighteen or nineteen, and um, mm-hmm. I. I've never doubted any, I've always been open-minded with stuff like this, but when that happened, man, it was like, Oh, well, that was something. <laughs> I mean, that was some kind of crazy stuff that happened and, and it may have been just my mind or maybe it wasn't, but whatever it was, it was, it was paranormal. It, it seemed paranormal. Yes. Yeah, we are kind of has this in between dream and, reality feel to it is different from a dream and like you can you can observe things that are there at Mm -hmm. just that time and you can see yourself you can feel like you're floating above yourself so i think it is something different yeah Mm -hmm. there's there's a whole world around us that is a gray world and it's full of spirits and it's always there and there's always something happening in the spirit world Always, no matter if we're awake or whatever, if we're alive or dead, the spirit world has always been there. It's always going to be there. And when you tap into that, you're, you don't know what you're going to get. You got to be careful, but it's there. We live in a world that is more inhabited by spirits than it is by physical entities. Well, um, I just want to say I'm a yoga teacher. Um, so I meditate a lot. Um, but not every day, but when I meditate a lot, like when I get very um, disciplined about it, um, I, I, I get extra sensory perception. I actually, I can tell what people are thinking, like I, I hear their thoughts. And it sounds really weird to say that, but it, it's, it just happens to be true. Like I can tell what song is going through somebody's head or what they're about to say. You just, when you're, when you do tune into what's going on around you, you do get vibrations that you're not even aware of. You can just tell things about people. It's odd. So yeah. But <laughs> yeah. like when you're quiet, your mind enough to listen. Yeah. You really too. You can find wavelengths with people. That's beautiful. What you just said, when you quiet your mind enough to listen. That is lyrics in a song, if I ever heard some lyrics in a song. Go for it. It doesn't sound like lyrics. Somebody take that. There's many of us. (laughs) Yeah, right? Well, since you guys are... That's really interesting because... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Joe. I was going to say, that's really interesting because um, when I was a kid, we would travel uh, up the East Coast to North Carolina for union. We always stayed at one particular aunt's house. And this, this... phenomenon never happened to me anytime outside of this house but you know as you do you you travel and you get tired and everything you go to sleep and they carry you in and you know they'd always put me in this little room or whatever and and i would just you know 
wake up later on or whatever, uh, you know, from, from the road trip. And every single time before I woke up, when I was in that room, I would always be able to say out loud in my brain, the, um, the, the, the conversation that was happening in the next room or the TV commercials that were about to come up. But in my head, and I always wondered if that was real or if that was just me dreaming or whatever, but it never happened anywhere else except for her house. So I never thought about that before. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. There is definitely something about place. The place is very important as well because it just so happens like across the street from me is another yogi and she does an awful lot of meditating, like an awful lot of meditating. And it really, I believe that it sets a vibration that like compounds it or not compounds it, but expands it. Like if you have more than one person meditating, it intensifies the vibration more than, um, you know, additively. It's like exponentially, it really does. How does that compare to like, uh, like multiple musicians playing a song? Is it, yeah. is there any sort of feeling like that? Um, yeah, you just, you tune into the song. Like a lot of people who are great songwriters will talk about just being inspired by the song, the music, just channeling the music that's out there. Yeah, it makes sense. You can like really, when you play music with one another, you can tap into each other. When you do like stand up comedy, you can tap into a crowd when, you know, there is like an extra, you know, that's actually part of being like a performer, I think is like. When you are a novice and you're learning, like you don't understand that part of it this, this, that you can't explain. But it's like if you're filming a movie, like you know there's a camera there and you need to be aware that your face is looking at a camera a certain way. So it gets, you know, but it also, you need to not have it be a part of the distraction of what you're doing. Hmm. You know, it's like that with entertaining. I think playing like live music and playing like live stand-up comedy and live shows. Like, you know, there's an audience there, but you have to also focus on what you're doing. Yeah, elaborate on that, Jason, because I want to ask everyone, since you guys are all music people, about uh, paranormal aspects of writing music or uh, when you're performing or jamming with people. Like you said, there seems to be these, these extra sensory uh, perceptions going on. Yeah, I think so. I mean, for my father, for his songwriting, you know, I mean, he definitely writes a lot about ghosts and you know things like that in a lot of ways. Whether it's a ghost of like a relationship that is no longer, or whether it's a you know a ghost in the spirit aspect. Um, I think as a musician or as a performer, there's just a certain a presence or an aura or something like that that uh, it takes a while to understand that. But when you understand that, then uh, you can really tap into it. Like, for instance, I, I used to do a lot of wrestling shows. And, like, in a wrestling show, when you first start doing wrestling shows, like, everything's – you're nervous about everything, and you're not thinking about the storyline and everything, you know? But eventually you get to the point where you understand, like, okay, I'm a character, and if I make a certain face while I'm doing a certain action, that's going to get a certain reaction from the audience, you know? And, like, when you can piece that part together and you can do that on the fly and nobody knows that you're doing that, but you're doing that – like there's a magic there. And, and and I've seen to where like in wrestling, when I'm working with a wrestler and he, and he knows like the, the story, like we don't have to talk to each other, but there's a magic and you're playing music with a different performer, you know, and they know, you know, I, I tell the people that play music with me have never heard my father's songs. I don't play cover songs. I don't play, I just play original songs, but you know, a good musician will like notice like, oh, okay, I know these chord changes 
and there's a feeling. And then when you both sink into that, like that's an awesome feeling, you know? Awesome. Comedy is yeah. the same way. Like when you get an audience and you know that you got them and you know every joke is going to work, like there's a magic there, you know? I wonder if that has something to do with like the, the, the world that we're talking about, you know? Well, people like Tesla, everybody knows who Tesla was. Okay. He would uh, claim to talk to people, you know, aliens, whatever, but he's tapping into this, this uh, knowledge that was there. Uh, some people say that there's a, just a universal knowledge and you have to find a way to get there. Like Leonardo da Vinci, there's, there are certain people that all these really old timey people that would just uh, certain techniques like water, looking into water and doing stuff, maybe eating the mushroom or doing some cocaine. I don't know what they did, but they got there and they tapped into this knowledge. And you know, there's people that were so smart and they had just, they changed all the human race with the things that they like, especially Leonardo da Vinci and Tesla. The things that Tesla invented no one else had any clue of this shit. And he's just, just pouring out of his head every day. He only slept four hours a night and he was just all day long was just writing down as fast as he could, all these things that he would think of in his head. And they were just coming to him as fast as they could. I've had, I'm not claiming to be like that, like Tesla, but I do hear songs playing in my head, like just like a radio. And I just go write them down. Mm -hmm. I've written songs that, it was three and a half minutes of just writing a song down that I heard in my head. I wasn't creating a song. I just heard it. And I, I believe that there's a, a greater power, a higher power. And I believe there's knowledge and there's things that you can receive in your spirit. And there's a gray spirit world. When we, when we sleep and we dream, we're close to that. And sometimes in that uh, I've been close to death before and I was talking to spirits, talking to my dead father and saying I was I was had pneumonia and I was sick for like a month and I was really, really sick. And I was praying to God, just let me go ahead and die. I, was, I felt that bad. And I came back from that. But I'll never forget the experience of literally seeing gray and talking to my dead relatives. There's my story. Wow. Did anyone else ever gotten musical inspiration from the other side they felt like oh definitely uh, my grandfather who uh, he wrote a lot of uh, gospel songs and I went to church with him when I was young and I believe that all spiritual things are connected you know there's good and bad and all that but it's not necessarily bad it's just different uh, it's hard to say uh, I'm very spiritual and I've studied a lot of other religions besides Christianity and I see a very common thread in all of this. And it has to be a personal experience. If you're spiritual, you have to, you have to try to do it. You can't rely on other people to do it for you. You can't listen to what they say. You have to enter the spiritual world in your own mind. And that's, that's what the Bible has taught me when I've, when I've studied religious writings and other things. And it's all about a personal experience. And there's not everybody's going to have that. Not everybody's going to be spiritual. Not everybody, their, their eyes are not going to be opened and their ears will not hear. Not everybody's like that. 
Uh, yeah, there, there was a book and it was called um, If You Meet the Buddha on the Road, Kill Him or Shoot Him. Because if you meet the Buddha on the road, he's not the Buddha. That's the thing. It's like there's a lot of people who will come to you and say, you know, I know this. I'm spiritual. I'm the Buddha. And they will try to teach you. But they're not because you do. You have to do it yourself. You have to find it through yourself. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You're muted. <laughs> I'll mute now. Well, I did that on purpose. I, I'm trying to let everybody else talk. I, I can be a hog sometimes. Oh, that's all good. Is there anybody else that, that has any weird personal experiences? Has anybody uh, anybody seen this guy, for instance? Like, you know. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I had a. I got. Can I do a couple of real quick ones? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, like when I was little, you know, you know, when you're little and you go into mom and dad's room, well, I remember being real scared when I was little. And I distinctly remember these two hands coming out from the bed and grabbing my ankles. Mm. <laughs> hey. mm. That's creepy. They were hairy and I can remember <laughs> that was creepy. And I remember I had a recurring weird dream. Y'all, are y'all, y'all familiar with the Marsh House in Lafayette at all? The what? Lafayette, the Marsh House, Lafayette, Georgia. It's a Civil War era house. Hmm. Okay. Tell us about it. Well, that's where I live. I live next door to it. Then my uncle's got a house that's not quite Civil War era, but it's old. But I kept having this vision of this, and it was totally, um, it was um, Snaggletooth, Blue Snaggletooth from Star Wars. It was that Snaggletooth, but him coming to the window, he would just say, the boogan. he just stand at the window and say that. Of course, it may have just been me freaked out by that little action figure I had. I don't know. <laughs> but the, the, the most of my adult life, we, we've rented my, an upper office space in the real old square. And man, there was something up there when I, and there was nobody up there when I was going up there. So we started hearing stuff. Um, I told my wife about it, but my guitar player, he was straight up. Yeah. There's something going on just hearing noises and people talking. And my wife went there to work one night. So she could get away from the kids and be quiet. And she said, come on, come get me. I, I, she didn't want to leave and turn the lights off behind her. So I had to go out, but now they've got moved some other people up there. It's just kind of went away, which it's funny because then I would just get this feeling like somebody was there and I turn the lights off and I'd kind of talk to it or whatever. And I walked down the stairs, but I, I got to where I wouldn't go over there by myself. But now since people have been over there, we're not feeling it anymore at all. And it doesn't, I can go over there in the dark and it doesn't bother me anymore. So I don't know if, if he's used to me or I'm used to him, but or what or it left but it's just the feeling you know what i mean it's yeah. not something it's not something that would have naturally gone away from me if that makes sense i still would have been creeped out but i'm not creeped out now does that make sense yeah yeah and so when i go up there now i don't feel the same thing but it's not from familiarity or getting used to it if that if that makes sense there's just there's something not up there that was there when we were first going up there before when there was nobody up there, but now it seems like there's more people going up there. 
And I mean, I, it's just, I can't really explain the feeling. It's like somebody else is there. You hear something every once in a while, but you know, now, now I don't hear it and I don't feel it. I don't feel that chill, you know, it's that chill. We can feel a presence, you know, somebody standing behind you. And now my, my guitar player, he's seen peripheral shadow people kind of stuff, but I never saw anything, but he's, he swears he saw shadow walk. We've got the, the old office doors that have the, um, what is that blurred glass, which glass, but you can't it's opaque or whatever. Mm-hmm. He, he saw shadows and stuff. So yeah, that was kind of freaky. Yeah. Those are all great stories. Uh, how far away are you from like the, like try on that's pretty close, right? Um, we're about, if you're thinking of corpse wood, we're probably, yeah, that's where I'm thinking. Yeah, we're probably we're probably twenty. Well, once you get there, we're probably twenty five minutes to Corpsewood. Job never got the guts to go to Corpsewood. I ain't trying to get there. My old drummer, he go up there all the time, but I ain't trying to get to Corpsewood. Yeah, because yeah, I, I I went out with a girl in high school whose par- whose parents knew the guys that got murdered, so I had mm-hmm. first first hand uh, stories. Yeah, that's an interesting story. We had on um, Amy Petula, who lives in, she's like the director of the Chattanooga Ghost Tours there. And right. uh, I just ran into her, you know, just by total accident one night yeah. in downtown Chattanooga. And she was, uh, she, she had written that book and I had her on to talk about it. She's actually going to talk at our, uh, our Strange Realities conference coming up oh, in October. Yeah. I don't have book. I like that. I like get that book because i didn't know i don't maybe i did maybe i have seen it yeah she she really dispels some myths about it and but she also has her own kind of interesting take on okay everything that was going on and try on with it with with the the guys that got killed but then like also howard finster and how all that might be connected steve i'm sure you're you're familiar with that case right yeah, I've never been there, but I've read a lot about it. And I know people that have been there and uh, been up to the, the place there. Fascinating case. Yeah. yeah. For, forgive my ignorance, but that in Tryon, that what, what happened? Some There were these two guys that lived out in the woods. Uh, they had made this place called Corpsewood Manor, and they were these two gay guys. And uh, one of them was a Satanist. Right, yeah, probably. Yeah, he was. Yeah, was in the Church of Satan, and I mean, he was in contact with Anton Lavey too. Yeah, and there were these two guys that like, um, they, these these two, one older guy like in his thirties, and then like a younger kid, and they would go hang up out there, and they decided that they were going to rob these two guys, and they did. They thought they had money stashed away but they didn't and they actually they actually killed both of them killed the two dogs and ran and uh one of the guys actually got caught in rossville and the other guy like turned himself in this was after they tried to steal a car somewhere in mississippi and they killed like this art this like army lieutenant and it's it's a it's a crazy crazy story there's a really good book about it by an author named Amy Petula. Yep. That, 
Yep. It covers it. It's just, it's fascinating. What yep. year was that? 1982. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I have to give that book a shot. Yeah. She's, she's there in Chattanooga, Patrick. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So like I said, she's the director of the Chattanooga ghost tours. So, oh, and okay. um, yeah, hopefully, I hope that's what, I don't know what she's going to talk about in um, at strange realities, but I hope she comes up. yeah. Yeah. We, we hope she comes up too, but. She, yeah. she, she may or may not we're kind of doing strange realities as like a some people are going to be doing it from their home and some people are going to be doing it where we are here in nashville so yeah. um i will go ahead and i think jason do you want to tell some of our own like paranormal stories yeah if you want i can tell you some crazy stuff that's happened i can tell you uh real crazy stories and i can tell you paranormal crazy stories so it kind of just depends on what you want to yeah hear. so <laughs> well this uh so jason and all you guys know are cousins um his mother is my aunt my father's sister um when i'll tell you my story sir has heard this like a million times uh he's shaking his head so but you guys haven't heard it but when i was basically when i was a kid i woke up in the middle of the night i saw this old lady in the corner right and it kind of really freaked me out. And I kind of remember it being as like kind of like a dream, uh, like kind of like a dream state, right? And the house that like I lived in then was the house that my dad grew up in and also Jason's mom grew up in, okay? Now, fast forward to I was about 14. I was actually there in Virginia Beach uh, visiting them. And my mom was talking to my aunt and she was, they were talking about that house, talking about some of the stuff that, that they had seen. Uh, this house for Patrick, I think you're the only one, John, this house was like East Brainerd Road. It was one of the first houses on that road because it was probably like from like the 1920s. It's actually gone now. Where, where was it at exactly? Like across um, the Melrose and East Brainerd Road. That's okay. where it was. Yeah. And close to where that target was. Yeah. So we had um so she had like my father and my but my uncle were in my room my aunt was in this other adjoining room and when she was little she woke up and she saw a old lady in the room so it was like this you know kind of like um i guess like edification of my experience right um There were some other things like Jason. You lived in that house for a little while, yeah. As well. Mom said she saw that. Yeah, she said she saw an old, an older lady. By the time we yeah. were there, it was full of cardboard boxes, so there wasn't room for her. I don't think. But, <laughs> but I did see some crazy stuff at the place that we live at, where my parents live at now, at the trailer. When we first moved there, like we had a trailer from the probably the sixties or something like that, but it had like holes in the ceiling and holes in the floor. And uh, it would, whenever it rained, uh, the rain would come inside our house. So we had like buckets all over the place. It was very musical. Uh, but I remember we decided we were going to go to the store and we left. And what we would do is uh, over the nice furniture, we put like trash bags over the furniture. So the rain that was coming from the ceiling wouldn't like sour, you know, that stuff up. So we put trash bags over our uh, bookshelf. And on top of our bookshelf, you know, we had a bunch of books and we had like some candles on top of that. 
So we put a trash bag over the bookshelf and we leave to go to the store. And then we come home and that candle has lit itself. But it is not burning through the trash bag. It's just burning with a trash bag over it. And it's not melting through the trash bag. This is in an old trailer. Like none of it makes sense. How that I don't I can't figure out the science how that could happen. Yeah, it that's lit bizarre. Through. I mean, we were gone for hours, so there's no telling how long that candle was lit. But you you would think it would have hit that trash bag and lit that. We shouldn't, have, you know. So yeah, there's no telling. It's really unusual. Yeah, and your mom had a weird experience in that house, too. Like, really strange. Our neighbors said when we moved in there, we bought it from, uh, there was an older couple that were, I believe, in their, like, 70s. And the older, the, the, the woman had passed away, and it was just Gil. He was the only person that lived there. He was an older gentleman. And our neighbors said that they heard those people, like, they hear pots and pans flying around the house. And it didn't make sense that, like, Guys in their 70s and a woman in their 70s would be able to like move around pots and pans as fast and as loud as they did. So, you know, there's no t- I never saw any pots and plants, uh, pans flying around or anything like that, but we did see that. I thought that was like pretty unusual, you know. There's another time where I had a crazy thing happen that like Patrick was talking about, uh, but it might, I, I think I just got poisoned by somebody. It wasn't like, yeah, I think there was like some other things going on there. So I don't know. But yeah, I don't understand all that stuff. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, Adam, it's coincidentally, uh, I actually grew up in uh, Woodland Park right there next to, or uh, is it what? Yeah, well, Woodland. it was a trailer park next to where his parents live right now. Um, I, I I mean I was there until I was eight, but I really don't have any. I don't think I had any stories from there as far as paranormal stuff, but maybe mischief. But. Well, I I wonder sometimes just about like the land itself and whether or not yeah. that can be haunted and what what is actually going on. What that area? Um, you know, that's the area in and of itself. I mean, I I, I think that as people, I mean, we were just talking about we were talking about music earlier and we were talking about singing and playing together. And I think that as, as, as human beings, we, we can emit a lot of energy and we can leave a, we can leave our own kind of like, you know, trace onto our environment. And when that happens, um, that can be replayed. I mean, there's the whole idea of like the, the stone tape theory that, you know, an area can be can just replay or like a residual haunting you can have that type of thing so i mean i like the earlier you were saying the uh in fort oglethorpe like the replay of that battle right right even happening you know right i mean such a thing as a battle could really that can yeah you've got so much going on i mean you've got yeah You've got life and you've got this life and death struggle that is happening. You have people being negative killed energies. left and right. You have negative energies. Uh, there's even an idea that I've kind of played with it. Like it's not so much that like the battles happen in a certain place. It's almost like the place pulls 
the armies in and they have the battle almost like it needs that to kind of recharge i mean any civil war battlefield you go to i mean chickamauga is one but gettysburg has a real palpable feeling to it wow and that was a extremely extremely large battle steve i'm sure you've been there gettysburg no, that's one of the, the few that I haven't been to yet, but I've got plans really? to go there. Yeah. yeah. But uh I've talked to people that have spent a lot of time there and they say if you're the type of person that can experience anything at all, if you're tuned into that wavelength or whatever, you will have an experience in Gettysburg. And there does seem to be a lot of residual hauntings there where it's like the same thing that happens over and over and over, like the soldiers marching into the woods. And things like that but there's definitely an energy there and it's just something about civil war battlefields in general i don't know if it's because you know americans were killing americans on american soil and it really was brother against brother in a lot of places and i've been in world war one world war two battlefields vietnam korea and places like that and they all have that feeling that paul but there's something more with the civil war battlefields i Again, I can't quite put my finger on it, but there's a different sort of spirit or energy there that's even darker than the other places I've been to. I mean, places where there's been a lot more loss of life, but there's something about Civil War battlefields that just, I don't know, it's its off. It's way off. It was an extremely uh, brutal war. Yeah. That's one of them. And I mean... I mean, I think the people that have grown up, the people here that have grown up in Chattanooga, the three of us that like, we know that because, you know, you can feel it like it is palpable and you can feel the history of that place whenever places in Knoxville like that too. If you go up around Fort Sanders or Mm -hmm. down on the the Tennessee river there, uh, it's just, I mean, you can still feel those people there to some degree. Yep. It's interesting what you said. I never thought of Americans fighting Americans on American soil. But yeah, it seems of all the wars, but yeah, could be something more to that. Yeah. A lot of a lot of passion involved. Laura, you were going to say something. I'm sorry. Oh no, I was just going to say battlefields in general have a pall, and it's interesting because uh, the Bhagavad Gita, which is one of the main books of Hindu and yoga philosophy, um, the Lord Krishna's disciple Arjuna. Are, they're, he's talking to them mm-hmm. in the middle of a battle. And Arjuna's yeah. big crisis that he has, where Krishna explains like everything to him, is like, look, you know, I want to be on the good side. I want to be a good person. I just want to lay down and die. I don't want to fight. And Krishna explains to him, he says, no, you have to fight because the people who you're fighting, it's their destiny to die. And you have to you have to hold up for the good side. So there's just, it is analogous to like our life. Our life is a battle. You know, you're always fighting something and you have to fight a good fight. And, and um, yeah, you know, that's, so it's, there is something very spiritual about um, a battlefield, you know, mm. and it probably, you know, you think about the people who die, they're so young. You know, they have so much energy left in their life and it's like cut off. So it's got, you know, it hangs around. It has to, you know, it's one thing if you die like a natural death in your sleep and you've lived a life, your energy is kind of expended. But when people are so young, you know, it's like there's got to be residual, I would think, for a long time. 
Yeah. Makes sense. Very well said, Laura. Thank you for that. Yeah. For, thank you for bringing a little Eastern philosophy in yeah. there as well. That's yeah. awesome. That's excellent. <laughs> well, and I think in that battle too, it's, it's pretty fratricidal, isn't it? Isn't it like a, it's not like a nation against another, isn't it like a inter, um, like it's a war of pretty close people. I think if I recall, I haven't read it in a long time. The war that, that the battle that Krishna appears at. Definitely, they're brothers and cousins. Yeah. They're, they're related. He's right. Yeah, they are related as cousins. So mm -hmm. there's that. Well, I'll have to go back and read that and think about the Civil War. That's pretty wild. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, it, there's a lot of parallels. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much, guys. This has been excellent. I mean, some really great discussions and some new friends are made tonight. Um, let, we're going to close the show out, but before we do, uh, let's give everybody, let, let, Steve, we'll start with you. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you and uh, the, the newest book that you, the newest book that you've got coming out that we're going to have you on about pretty soon. Yeah, my current books, uh, Strange Things in the Woods and My Strange World, those are both available on Amazon and wherever fine books are sold. Uh, next book, uh, National Park Mysteries and Disappearances, Volume 1, The Great Smoky Mountains. That's due out uh, probably middle or late May. And um, I'm on YouTube. My main channel is Missing Persons and Mysteries. I narrate over there. You can find me on uh, Facebook and on Twitter. I'm at Strange and Odd as my handle over there. Love to talk to people nice. and hear your experiences. When you coming back to Tennessee, Steve? Oh, I've got plans, man. I just, I've got some movie things going on out here. I've got a couple of uh, scripts that my agent is shopping around. And once I get either a sale or a production deal and get some money to move back, I'm headed back to Tennessee. So awesome. Right. Back I'm going to go to Gatlinburg area towns and somewhere up there. I like that part of the Smokies. Yeah. Yeah. That's your, that's your place up there. Yeah. East Tennessee. Uh, Jason. Please uh, remind everybody about Uniwatch, where uh, where they can watch it, um, and uh, just the times and all that. Yeah, it's a free event. It's going to be Wednesday, May 26th. It's going to be from noon until midnight, and it's on Facebook. All you have to do is type in Uniwatch22. Uh, it's free to join. Each performer has selected a charity they're going to perform for. Every 30 minutes, we'll have a new performer jamming, and uh, you can donate uh, to a bunch of great charities and listen to a great uh, number of performers. It uh, totally will be worth your time. I promise you that. Uh, we're going to make you laugh. We're going to make you tap your feet, and we're going to make you smile. So you get all that for free. You also get to help out some awesome charities. Yeah, that's noon to midnight Eastern time. Noon to midnight Eastern time, correct, yeah. All right, and Patrick and uh, John and Laura, they are going to be involved with that, the ones here that are left. <laughs> yeah. So, and uh, also myself and Serfiel, Conspiracy Normal, we will be involved with that as well. And, cool. Uh, so we're uh, guys, we're going to just close the show out. But before we do, uh, we also have our Patreon. If you guys want to check us out, uh, Surfio can tell you how to find that. Appreciate it, guys. It's been fun. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Oh. Thanks. Thanks. Had a good time. Yeah. Sorry, I was yeah. late. 
Yeah, give, uh, give, give, give the spiel, Sergio. We're, 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 we're not done yet. Yeah. Can you guys hear him? Yeah. 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 Okay. You guys can go to patreon.com slash conspiranormal. Uh, so you check out our Patreon. We have a bonus episode every week. And we have a weekly or a monthly hangout of our Mystic Crew uh, where we get presentations of uh, exclusive um, talks by different different friends of the show and interesting uh, researchers and presenters. And uh, then we have a final level of the ancient circle of strange realities uh, where you get a VIP experience at the conference as well as an exclusive t-shirt. So you guys can check that out at patreon.com slash conspiranormal. Yes. And strange realities conference, October 15th through the 17th here at Nashville, Tennessee at SIR Nashville and online tickets are available and the link will be posted to the show notes and just about everywhere else you will see Mr. Jason Von Stein helping me MC that on uh, that day and uh, he's going to be doing a lot for us <laughs> alright guys next time uh, we're going to be joined by the 13 o'clock crew Tom and Jenny are coming back we'll talk to you later on Conspiranormal please consider becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com slash conspiranormal or leave a one-time donation at conspiranormal.com and please check out our YouTube channel, Conspiranormal Podcast. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.